0: Hey there, and welcome back to By His Grace Marriage Ministry Podcast. My name is Amanda, and Shabbat Shalom to those of you that keep the seventh day Sabbath. I pray that you are having a very blessed and restful Sabbath. All right, so today is going to be part five of our series, Let YAH Deal With Him, 10 Ways Yahuwah Deals With Men. So for those of you who are just joining, even though I hope that you're not starting with this episode (laughs) and that you're starting with part one, but for those that are just joining and I'll just mention it each at the beginning of each um, episode, I am reading from the book titled, Let God Deal With Him, 10 Ways God Deals With Men, written by Apostle Vivian Rose. She is um, an anointed woman of YAH who has her own marriage ministry titled, The Two Shall Be One. And you can find her ministry on YouTube and also on Facebook. I don't know about any other social media platforms as I only have Facebook. So these are not my own words. I am reading from a book. I just changed the titles and names to Hebrew and I've explained, um, why I do that so I won't go into that again but just for those of you that are just joining but I hope that for those of you that are just joining that you see that this is a series that this is part five and that you would start at part one and go in order <laughs> okay now that I'm trying to tell you what to do but in this series you really want to go in order and listen to all of them because I'm reading from a book you don't want to miss any parts or sections of the book so that's why I say that. <laughs> um, if you would like to purchase this book, you can do so on Amazon. She also has two other books that she's written um, that you can find on there as well. You can also purchase them off of her website called the 2 shelby onecom So and if you have any further questions, concerns, prayer requests, anything along those lines, please feel free to shoot me an email at byhisgracemarriage@gmail.com, at gmail.com. And I'd be happy to chat with you. All right, so let's go ahead and jump right into part five. We are picking up where we left off and we are looking at the fourth way Yahuwah deals with men. And that way is he drives them into the wilderness or exile. So Moses or Moshe went into exile. This process kills selfish ambition, self-motivated works, self-righteousness works, and teaches them obedience to follow Yahuwah's timing. Moses killed the man, fled Egypt, and went for forty years into exile. He married in exile. He became a meek and humble man in exile. Moses was no longer self-opinionated or bent on serving Yahuwah his way. In exile, he learned to live simply with what he had, and he was content even though he was no longer in the palace of Pharaoh where he had been raised. He became meek through the process of going into exile. Exodus 2, 11 through 22, the story of how Moses went into exile. Numbers 12:3. Now the man Moses was very humble, more than all men who were on the face of the earth. Moses had a great call of Yahuwah on his life. So Yah put him in exile to work in patience, presumption and self-motivated works out of his system. I have written another book sharing how lockdown is Yahuwah's divine strategy to transform men. Throughout scripture, Yahuwah locked down the flesh of men in order to tutor them to heed to the timings and demands of his spirit. To use a man greatly, Yahuwah needs to teach a man to move in his divine timing and lock down his flesh so that he can be led by his ruach, his spirit. Yahuwah desires to remove that independent spirit that relies solely on head knowledge and prowess. So Moses went on exile to serve, lived a simple life for 40 years, because the Father wanted to build a heart of meekness and humility in him. Could that be what Yahuwah is doing with the man you are praying for? The absolute worst thing you can do to such a, to such a man is bail him. Allow the process to be complete. In Exodus 3, we read about the burning bush encounter. Exodus 3, verses 1-3 through Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert, and came to Horeb, the mountain of Yahuwah. And the angel of Yahuwah appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. When the process is completed, there will be a divine encounter. That is the sign Yahuwah is satisfied the season, for that man has changed. Opinionated men or men attempting to pursue the agenda for Yahuwah using their own efforts and know-how may find themselves muted or put in exile. Doing ministry as they feel works for them, running a business, family, or ministry, using methods and ways they devise are all provocations for Yahuwah to put men on lockdown like Moses. By acting prematurely, Moses killed a man and set back the timetable of the release of the children of Yahuwah from Egypt 30 years. Wow. That's so crazy. Yahuwah had spoken to Abraham. His descendants would be slaves 400 years. When they finally left, it is written, it was 430 years. What a costly mistake. Could a decision a man has made cost you, your family, children, business, or ministry a setback? This is why Yahuwah deals with them to prevent such mistakes being repeated. You know, and I will say personally for me, I have experienced setback in my life and I've seen it in many others as well. It's definitely a wicked spirit that works um, to cause, you know, delays and, and cause setbacks of the things of Yahuwah in, in our lives. But sometimes it's us ourselves that do it. This is why it's so important that we always go to YAH in prayer and that we always seek Him in everything and anything that is going on in our lives, and that you pray over your spouse as well so that they don't make this costly mistake. Genesis 15:13. Then he said to Abram, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, and will serve them, and they will afflict them four hundred years. Exodus 12:41. And it came to pass at the end of the four hundred and thirty years, on that very same day, it came to pass that all the armies of Yahuwah went out from the land of Egypt. Yeshua was also driven into exile. When we track the story of Yeshua, he was put to sleep between ages 12 and 30. We know nothing. Then he appears in Luke 4 for baptism and his story unfolds. Luke two forty-one through 52 Yeshua already had command of the scriptures by age 12, but he went back into obscurity and submitted himself to his parents until it was his time for ministry, age 30. Luke 4, 1-2, the Bible says immediately Yeshua was baptized in water at the beginning of his ministry. He was driven by the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. However, there is that segment between his baptism and moving into full-time ministry when Yeshua was driven into the wilderness, or exile. Again, this is locked down. His flesh was locked down to test him and allow him to be tempted by by the enemy, by the devil. This is Yahuwah's quality control system. To see whether a man is ready to be greatly used by Yahuwah, he passed the test with flying colors. It is recorded that the devil tried him three different times with increasing temptation, but Yeshua did not give in or submit to any one of his schemes. Neither did he move out of the Father's timing. Yeshua went through 40 days and 40 nights of fasting, why did Yahweh do this? Yahuwah humbled Yeshua and crucified his flesh. The Bible says that Yeshua learned obedience through the things he suffered. Yes, he was the son of Elohim, but he did not escape the exile process. It was the Ruach or spirit of Yahuwah who led him into the wilderness. It was the Ruach of Yahuwah that drove him into exile to subject him and prepare him for the three years of ministry. Yeshua had to learn to rely on the Father and do things His way. Yes, Yeshua was the Son of Elohim. Yes, He was the Anointed One. However, Yeshua was still subject to the Spirit of Yahuwah and obedient to the end. Luke 4, 1-2 Then Yeshua, being filled with the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for forty days by the devil. And in those days, he ate nothing. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. So yes, Yahuwah puts men in exile to pre- prepare them, toughen them against temptation, to give them a heart of meekness, a heart of submission and a heart of surrender. The process has to be followed and men must fulfill all righteousness until the set time. The fifth way Yahuwah deals with men is he places them in service under godly male leadership. This is the example of Joshua. Joshua served under Moses. The Bible says that Joshua did not leave the presence of Yahuwah. He was one of the aides who served under Moses. The scriptures give us examples like Joshua, Elisha, and the prophet Samuel. The apostles also served three years under Yeshua. Numbers 11.28, we see that Joshua served under Moses. First Samuel 3, 1 Samuel 3.1, Samuel served under Eli the priest. 1 Kings nineteen nineteen through twenty one, Elijah raised Elisha. Matthew one fifty five, Yeshua raised by Joseph the Carpenter, and Matthew ten one through four and Mark three thirteen, the twelve apostles were raised by Yeshua. One of the ways that Yahuwah prepares men to be submissive is that He puts men under godly leadership, and as a way of training and disciplining them, by making them subject to somebody they must serve. For many men, it is not easy to serve because they want to be the boss, the head honcho, or the leader. However, Yahuwah puts them through a season where they must serve and be faithful under godly leadership. Elisha said he wanted a double portion of Elijah's anointing, 2 Kings 2.9. Prophet Elijah told Elisha that if he stuck with him, despite the intimidation of the other prophets and the difficulties in the journey, if he saw Elijah going up to heaven, then his mantle would fall on him. Elisha's eyes were opened spiritually, and he did see Elijah go up, and the mantle of Elijah fell upon Elisha. Some men struggle to be an Aaron to a Moses and to play a supportive role because they know they carry leadership skills within. It is not an easy thing for some men to support somebody else's ministry or business. It is not an easy thing for some men to take instruction. But Yahuwah prepares men for their marriage, ministry, mission, and destiny, by raising through the act of serving under godly leadership. It is actually one of the best ways to learn the tools of the trade. When you understudy a leader, you don't only receive teaching, you catch the spirit of the leader. Anointings are transferred through consistent service. Remember, submission is the official route through which power flows. Any man who does not know how to submit cannot be trusted with power. The test of godly character is in how well they serve, and the heart with which they serve. The character trait Yahuwah is looking to develop is faithfulness. Is that man serving for sake of finances or from the heart? Luke 16.10 He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much, and he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Luke 16.12 And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? Another character trait who develops during service is agape love and loyalty. The ability of the mentee to love the mentor unconditionally, despite seeing his human weaknesses and frailties. So for those of you who don't know what agape means, and I actually talked about this in the very beginning of my podcast ministry in season one, where I talked about different types of love, and agape is Greek for unconditional, so unconditional love. Okay. Secondly, loyalty to the cause of the mentor. Yeshua was loyal to the cause of the Father in heaven. When Yahuwah released the Ruach HaKodesh, or the Holy Spirit, and power upon him to perform signs, wonders, and miracles, he remained on script. He used the power to further the case of his mentor, Yahuwah the Father. He didn't deviate from the heavenly vision or plan. Remember, Yeshua was tempted by the devil to set up his own kingdom in Luke 4, 1-13. Also, the pure pressure of the disciples and multitude of followers was for him to set up his kingdom on earth. But Yeshua stuck to the plan. He knew he must be crucified the first time on earth to perfect salvation for mankind. The next time he comes is to rule. Being loyal also means that these men must love their mentor. Even David loved Saul, although Saul persecuted him and was not godly. Serving closely under a man, mentor works best when men love their leader, not just desire what the leader possesses. First Samuel sixteen twenty one. So David came to Saul and stood before him, and he loved him greatly, and he became his armor bearer. Hallelujah. Okay. The sixth way Yahuwah deals with men is he reveals his glory to them. This is one of my favorite ways Yahuwah deals with men. He opens the eyes of the man to see his glory. In revealing His glory, the men also see themselves, their state, and their shortfall. This causes instant submission and surrender. In the face of the resurrected Messiah, men can no longer justify themselves as good. They recognize that compared to a holy Elohim, they are in need of His goodness. The first record we see in the Bible is when Moses actually asked Yahuwah to show Him His glory. And Yahuwah agreed to, to reveal himself from behind. Imagine, we have a record of the character of Yahuwah because of this. And I always found that to be so interesting, right? How that was and, and what that must have felt like, that experience, you know? And the thing is, is that scripture says that nobody can see Yahuwah or see his face and live. So Yahuwah allowed Moses to see him, but from behind. You know, it's just, it's really, really something. We'll go ahead and read it. It says Exodus 33, 19 through 20. And he said, please show me your glory. Then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of Yahuwah before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face for no man shall see me and live. Exodus 34, 5 through 8. Now Yahuwah descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of Yahuwah. And Yahuwah passed before him and proclaimed Yahuwah, Yahuwah Elohim, merciful and gracious, long suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. So Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshiped. Every time a man sees the glory of Yahuwah, he is brought to his knees or falls down flat on his face. It humbles him without a word. That is why I love this one. Other examples of men who saw the glory of Yahuwah in scripture are prophet Isaiah, Simon Peter, the disciple of Yeshua. In Isaiah 6, Prophet Isaiah saw the glory of Yahuwah. He also saw his condition, that he was a man of unclean lips, and that he lived among a people of unclean lips. The revelation of who he was and of his spiritual condition came when he saw the goodness and the glory of Yahuwah. This is what brought him to the place of submitting himself to sanctification. This resulted in 60 other chapters of the book of Isaiah being written. Out of this one encounter with Yahuwah, Isaiah saw Yahuwah, and when he was aware of his prophetic gift, but not fully consecrated. He was a prophet, yet blind to the condition of his own heart and spiritual condition of sin. Yahuwah wanted him to submit and to surrender his mouth to deeper consecration, so he could use his mouth to speak mysteries. Yahuwah revealed his glory to Isaiah, which brought him under deep conviction. Hallelujah. As a result of this holy encounter, the sin of prophetic Isaiah was purged, and his spiritual vision was cleared up not only to see the state of Israel in apostasy, but to see the solution, the righteous branch, the Son of Elohim who was coming. Isaiah 6, 1-7 In the year that King Uzziah, Uzziah died, I saw Yahuwah sitting on a throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings, with two he covered his face. or in Hebrew, Yahuwah Saba'ot. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away, and your sin purged. Pray that Yahuwah will reveal his glory once again to the men of this generation. Pray that their eyes may see Yahuwah so that they can assess themselves in his light. Pray that their sins will be purged, and men will position themselves in surrender to Yahuwah, so that they can be used greatly by Him. Another example is the encounter Peter had with Yeshua in Luke 5, 4-8. The manifested glory and goodness of Yeshua caused him to fall to his knees. Luke 5, 4-8, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, We have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Yeshua's knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Yahuwah. Apostle Peter was a disciple, and when Yeshua said to him to let down his net for a catch, Peter had been toiling all night and caught nothing. Peter let Yeshua know that he and his fisherman friends were professionals, but they had caught nothing. This kind of situation happens to men who have position, title, ability, know-how in ministry or the church or their place of work, yet Yahuwah wants them to shift their reliance to Him. Yeshua needs these kinds of men to see their need of Him. They still have work to do on themselves. Yahuwah does not want men to become religious in their outlook. Yahuwah reveals his glory to men to reveal their condition to themselves. When Peter let his net down for a catch, in spite of his doubt, he heeded the word of the Messiah. It was only then that the catch was so great that Peter had to motion to the other fishermen to help him bring in the catch of fish. Peter saw the goodness and the glory of Yahuwah, which brought him to his knees. The revelation of the glory of YAH also reveals the condition of the man, which brings them to their knees, to the place of surrender. It brings them to the place of saying, Woe is me, I am undone. It brings them to the place, like Peter declared, Away from me, I am a sinner. Peter saw his state and his condition in reference, and in comparison to Messiah. It was then that Peter realized that he needed to humble himself. Peter better understood that even as he was serving the Master Yeshua, he is mighty he is worthy he is holy and he was in charge he was dealing with somebody worthy of his t- of his attention and dedication which enabled him to serve yahuwah wholeheartedly and to submit to the ways of him ezekiel, ezekiel one twenty eight. prophet ezekiel saw the glory of yahuwah and fell down on his face revelation 4 1-11 apostle john saw the glory of yahuwah in the throne room of heaven and all who gave Yahuwah glory fell down in worship. Matthew 17, through 9 Peter, James, and John saw the glory of Yahuwah during the transfiguration of Yeshua on the mount, and when they heard the voice of Yahuwah, they fell on their faces in fear. The revelation of the glory of Yahuwah always releases awe, wonder, reverence, conviction, and worship in the heart of a man instantaneously. Praise Yah. Alleluia. All right. So I'm going to stop there for part five. I love this book so much. And I pray that it's a blessing to all of you as well. Um, I had some requests um, in regards to the other two books that Apostle Vivian Rose has written. Um, I've had a couple of people ask me if after this series with this book, if I would be willing to share and read the others. So um, as I mentioned in the last episode, I would pray about it um, because I didn't know if there was anything else that the father wanted me to share during this season of the podcast. Um, And I have, I have prayed about it and I'm going to continue to pray a little bit more, but I am definitely leaning towards doing that So the other two books, and I made mention of these in part one of this series, um, is supernatural husbands praying, praying effectively for them. And the other one is just kind of explaining supernatural marriage, the way in um, or seven ways in and so on and so forth. So um, I'm not sure which one I would start with next, but I do definitely feel that it would be beneficial and a blessing to share these books with all of you, especially if some of you or most of you simply can't afford these books right now. I understand times are tough. Many, many of Yah's children are in financial hardships right now. And I do believe He's doing that to test to test us to see if we truly trust in Him in these times and these seasons that He provides. So um, I would be happy to share these books with you because I truly, truly, truly have read all three of these books a few times over. Um, and I feel that Apostle Vivian Rose is a highly anointed woman of YAH. Um, I do feel that the father has revealed to her so much concerning marriage, his way. Um, and it was through her ministry as well that I learned quite a bit and motivated me to share these words as well, um, through my own marriage ministry. So, um, And I would never read or promote or share anything that I felt was not in line with scripture or the Father or anything like that. Um, If I felt it was contrary to it or contradicting or false doctrine or anything like that, I would not share it. (laughs) Um, But I remember when I first came across her marriage ministry, it was eye-opening and I felt that the Holy Spirit, the Ruach, had definitely led me to her ministry. And now I have done a couple of words on my podcast, um, warning and, and encouraging people to use caution in regards to YouTube channels and ministries. There are many, and I just have to say this real quick. There are many, many, many YouTube channels and ministries that are not coming in the name of Yeshua or Yahuwah. Um, many are false teachers many are false prophets many are false shepherds um, please 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 brothers and sisters I urge you and encourage you to to use discernment to use caution um, when going on YouTube many people sadly are doing it just to make money um, or many people believe that this is the will of the father that this is what they're supposed to be sharing when it's not and there's so many things and um, and I even did an episode where I spoke about how this trend of quote-unquote kingdom marriages just took off um, and became has become a trend for about I want to say a good five six years now, um, and has led many sisters and probably brothers too um, to uh, false hope, you know, and and things like that. And I've seen this a lot. Um, quite a few years ago, I myself got caught up into that trend. And praise ya, he He brought me out of it. And when he let me know down the road that I was going to do a marriage ministry, you know, I did not want to fall into that. I didn't want to become a part of that, which is why I believe that the Father led me to the platform of podcasting um, for now. And, and he may change that down the road, if he still wants me to serve in this in this way. Um, and there were a couple times where I thought I wasn't going to continue with this podcast ministry, you know. But I definitely didn't want to fall into that. And I've made it clear quite a few times. I've actually had a few people email me um, with similar things where they want me to share a prophetic word. Or they want me to tell them basically what they want to hear, tickle their ears. And I've said, I am not that kind of ministry, You know, there are many people that are coming on and sharing these, you know, quote unquote prophetic words or dreams that they've had and giving people false hope or tickling their ears. And that is not what I'm about I I am here to help people understand Yahuwah's word concerning marriage and family better. I'm here to um, let people know what is false doctrine, what churches of men have been teaching concerning marriage and family or not even teaching and trying to clear that up because so many have been led astray. And I've done several episodes on this topic. Um, So the purpose of my ministry is to help sisters and brothers as well. You know, I'm not teaching, but I'm trying to help share, you know, um, marriage and family, Yahuwah's way, and to try to clear up any false doctrines and things that have been taught out there concerning these areas by churches of men and false teachers, false prophets, false shepherds, things like that. Um, So that is the purpose of my ministry, you know, and I titled it By His Grace because so many of us you know, have been given a second chance. So many of us have been given the grace, right, and the mercy, and 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 out of His redemptive love, you know, we've been given a second chance to experience marriage and family His way. Because so many of us fell into the ways of the world, um, and all the lies of the churches of men and the enemy and and the flesh and the world concerning dating and relationships and marriage. And a lot of us fell into wrong relationships. A lot of us fell into wrong marriages. A lot of us. Divorce, a lot of us are separated. A lot of us had children with people. And, you know, all these things, like, especially in my generation, that was like the thing, you know? And so I just want to help people to understand the truth. You know, I'm not here to teach anybody. I'm not here to condemn anybody. I'm not here to judge anybody. It's simply to teach the word of Yah concerning marriage and family, what his design and plan is concerning these things. And to clear up the false doctrines because he has shown me You know, um, he's shown me all of that. Praise God. You know, he has shown me all of that. So anyways, concerning this sister and her ministry, the two shall be one. I feel that she's not that kind of ministry. She's not that kind of channel. She's not in it for the money. I feel who has gifted her and has anointed her to understand the same truths that he's revealed to me as well concerning marriage and family. Okay. So I absolutely will continue to share her content, to share what Yahuwah has revealed to her. Um, and I will always let people know hey, check this out as well. Um, you know, she's a highly anointed woman of Yah. Um, and I pray that you will find answers there as well in conjunction with praying to the Father. Um, also, another thing that I'm going to end with is I also felt led to do an episode talking about divine replacements and I talked about this in part one of the series and it is something I definitely want to talk about because it's also something that the sister Vivian Rose also shared and talked about that Yahuwah revealed to her and that is something I want to touch base on. Now I can't remember if she mentioned it in any of her three books um, but I know she has a video on it that she just came out with uh, about five months ago where she talked about this so if you are checking out her ministry and her channel, um, look for that video. It came out, I think around October. So just about five months ago. Um, and I would just encourage you all to watch that. You know, at first I was like, Hmm, divine replacements. Wait a minute. What does this mean? (laughs) You know, what's going on here? I was completely lost and I, you know, gave it a chance, watched it, prayed about it. And yeah. And a lot of that is happening right now too. A lot of men, sadly, and women have decided to turn to free will and not align themselves with the will of the father and the plans that he has for them concerning their marriage and other things. And so the father is having to replace, you know, um, and this is happening to a lot of people right now. You know, some of you, several of you may be right now going through that where you've been standing in the gap for a, a specific person that the father revealed to you and nothing's happened. Nothing's changed you've been praying, you've been fasting, you've been staying faithful um, to Yahuwah and to this person, you know, you're not dating anybody, you're not anything like that, you're working on you, you're doing, you're being obedient to what he's asked you to do, and nothing's happened, and two years have gone by, three years have gone by, four years have gone by, five years have gone by, and nothing. It may be a case that there may need to be a divine replacement. So I do want to talk about that more. Um, Again, I can't remember if specifically she mentioned this in any of her three books, including the one we're reading now. Um, I do definitely want to do an episode on it if if it isn't in any of the books. But in the meantime, so that you all get a better understanding, um, I would highly encourage you to watch that video as well. So if you like that information, just shoot me an email and I will uh, send that to you. Um, I think that's everything that I wanted to say. Yes. So after the series, which we are, we're pretty much a little over halfway done with this book. We are on page 106 and there's one, 157 pages. So we're about done. So I will pray some more and decide which book to go into next. Um, and again, for any of you that can or want to purchase it, you can purchase any of these three books on Amazon or on her ministry website, the 2 onecom um, So if you need any of that information, just please email me and I will get that out to you. All right. I hope you all enjoy the rest of your Sabbath. Thank you so much for listening. And I will talk with you in my next episode. Shalom.